0: Hope that's okay. Yeah. Um,
1: welcome everybody. Welcome everybody. Brave Food Live on air. It is episode one hundred and seventy-five. Bringing it to you every Friday, no fail. Um, I am like super excited to be having this conversation with you today because this is a topic that actually I've been waiting for an excuse to do. Um, because I've always been interested in this world. Um, ever since um the first sort of inkling um that crypto was coming onto the market um I was always interested in dabbling into this space and it's been amazing to see how it's developed over the last 10 years or so uh particularly in how it might be applied to the world of work um, so, uh, what better opportunity to have this conversation than on the day of future works, which is a conference that myself and several of the panelists should be attending right now. Um, however, we've decided to all do the live stream from our respective hotel rooms in order to make sure that we don't have wifi issues or you know, background noise issues and so on and so forth. We're all, I think, pretty close to where this thing is. So we're going to be going to this conference after uh, this event. Um, Anyway, folks, uh, great to see everybody. Um, Wonderful that everyone is here. Um, As ever, we need to do uh, some sound checks. Uh, So before we get on with the show, I just want to confirm everyone can hear me okay. The last webinar I did, I heard, uh, so I rewatched it, and actually the sound quality on my side was really bad um so i just wanted to check double check whether you can hear me okay and i'm not at the bottom of a a well or something i'm pretty certain i've damaged my mic by the way uh so it could well be that the quality of the sound is really bad um but yeah let me know i actually don't know what the the case is there um eh, we should be live streaming this on multiple channels so if you're watching this on uh, LinkedIn, let me know. Uh, we snafu would it last time um, where I thought we would be live on LinkedIn and we weren't. I do blame LinkedIn for that because there was a bug on the system. Um, uh, but I hope that this is going out. Um, I can see it on my phone, so it looks like it's okay. Um, if you can hear me on LinkedIn, though, let me know. Uh, put a comment in. Um, just uh, reassure me that the audio and visual is okay. Okay, cool. Apologies for the um uh the uh bed scene by the way it's not my intention to present this uh this type of uh, content to you um and i'm sat in front of a window and it's lisbon so it's like I, I don't think i've ever looked more white than this so apologies for the, the glare as well but we do what we can um okay um i think everyone here is okay which is great um listen folks quick word to our sponsors um we cannot do this show without our sponsors every single week some company is stepping up and saying yes we want to support what you're doing so i want to give a sh- big shout out to all of the folks that are doing Doing it this week, it is Adway. Um, if you haven't heard of Adway.ai, please do check them out. Um, they are, I think, the only organization that does um programmatic social advertising. Um, so if you think about how programmatic works, um essentially it is about deployment of recruitment ads or employment branding ads in places that is algorithmically uh, sort of um programmatically, should I say. Deployed. So it's not a human being deciding to place it in certain places. They figure out who your audience is and stick it into the place where they are most likely to see it. You can do it programmatically and you can do it on social media with adway.ai. So make sure you check them out. They're a really innovative product uh, coming out of Sweden. Uh, in Gothenburg and uh, and yeah, it's it's a really exciting spot if you're looking to uh, interact with ca- candidates in a totally different way. Uh, okay, um, uh, uh, let's get on with the show. Today's topic is blockchain, web three, and the future of work. Uh, I don't know enough about it, but the guests that we have on uh, the show today do know something about it. so let's bring them on and we'll get on with the uh, get on with the conversation. Um, okay, let's bring on Pedro first of all let's uh bring him on there we go um i do see certainly one of the ns's here uh oh i do believe there's a an accent there so i gotta figure this out okay let me just pick up this this accent there we go uh two that's really interesting it actually picks up accents on on the search bar here so i need to um uh hey pedro how you doing hey how's it going huh? I'm trying to, you know how you do accents on, on keyboards where you got to pick it up, but it actually, it actually eliminates it if you just don't do it. So how interesting is that? Um, quite tricky. Um, we have Andy Spence here as well. He's just Andy. Let's bring him on. And I do think I've seen him here as well. So let's do that as well. Then Mark's lag. Like, boom. I think we're all here. Um, Pedro, as you're on first, why don't you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? <laughs>
2: I do a lot of things. Uh so the name is Pedro. I'm actually born and raised in Lisbon, so Lisbon native. If you want to know anything about it, ask Andy because he's the new local. So he's more up to date about Lisbon than I am. Um and I've been recently building Talent Protocol, which is essentially a Web3 um professional community for uh builders and where people can um not only set up their web 3 profile and home page. But also you know create their own career circles and create their own personal economies uh, around yeah. themselves. If this sounded complex, it's okay. No it, it totally
1: sounding complex, and we actually want to talk about that um, yes. without being a major promo of TP, but it is actually really interesting because it's one of the examples of how you go um, and actually use these technologies to do something very, very different. Um, so we'll get into that. I've just shared Pedro's LinkedIn, by the way, which is, by the way, not web three, but just to connect with him anyway, um, because you might as well, okay? Um, okay, let's go with you, Inesh. Um, let's see. Uh, let's. Can you introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do?
3: Yeah. Uh, first of all, great to be here. Uh, very excited with this conversation. Um, so, my name is Inês. I'm from Porto, the north of Portugal, so not too far away. It's, uh, it's less sunny here, less sunny than, uh, than Lisbon. Uh, I'm one of the co-initiators of the TINADAO. In the past, I've done a lot of work around diversity and inclusion in tech, in business, um, and I have worked also a, a lot in the future of work. So, yeah, very excited to be here.
1: Fantastic! Great to um, and I'd, by the way, I'd love to visit Porto. I hear some I so many amazing <coughs> things about it. But Lisbon draws me here all the time. It's quite annoying, even though I love Lisbon. It's like okay, I need to actually explore different places. Um, okay, cool. Um, Andy, why don't you go? Who are you? What What is you do?
0: Hi, everybody. Great to be here. Um, Andy Spence. Uh, I guess I've worked um, in um, digital transformation for a lot of my career. Um, most recently, um, researching the future of work trends. Including the the new technology infrastructure we need to build, which includes blockchain, AI, and other stuff. Um, am- so, um, so yeah. And I, I'm in. Um, I'm going to go to Future Works in Lisbon for the next couple of days. Looking forward to that.
1: That's right. And you're giving a keynote tomorrow, are not you? Um, on... I am
0: um, building a future of work without jobs. So a little bit controversial, but um, looking forward to that absolutely
1: scandalous all the recruiters out here who are totally dependent on jobs like you know immediately yeah. think, who is this guy um okay let's uh let's uh, uh how about you uh Fem? great to meet you i don't think we've actually had the chance to meet before so great to see you uh, can you quickly introduce yourself for you what it is you do
4: yeah so hi i'm femme dutch living in london is my mic off or on it's on okay good um so i've been in recruitment for 15 plus years in the people field um specialized start scale-ups last few years fintech and dipped in crypto blockchain and web3 worked for both a protocol wire and currently part of crypto
1: Great stuff. And that's actually, it's really interesting to see recruiters actually develop a niche into this sector as well, which tells me that there's some unique aspects towards interacting with people that work in this space Um, that may mean different things, different techniques, different approaches, different conversations you need to have in order to recruit them effectively. So that's fantastic stuff. Welcome to the panel, everybody. Um, Let's kick off by laying sort of the, the, the scene. I think whenever we encounter something like um blockchain or something that's reasonably relatively new very quickly you can get into a jargonized type of scenario people might not understand it accessibility becomes an issue because you know early movers tend to become you know very deep into it and then end up failing to communicate with people who uh, are just moving into it for the first time so why don't we just like lay out lay out the landscape to to, to tell people you know what exactly is web3 where are we with blockchain give it the landscape view. Um, Andy, I wonder whether you could take this one actually, given the fact that this is kind of your profession. So are are you able to kind of summarize something uh, that's accessible to, you know, my ma maybe, I don't know, maybe not my ma. Um, I I, I don't think she's ever going to get any blockchain, but you know, somebody who's like barely digitally aware, but encountering, you know, what is Web3? What is this? Why is it different? Uh, How would you, uh, how would you kind of uh, talk to that person?
0: All right, Mrs. Lee. (laughs) Um, I first got into the blockchain about five years ago. I I read as much as I could, and I was really intrigued. And the first thing that occurred to me is, oh, my God, this could be so useful for HR and work, all the contracts, all the checking, the poor use of data, all the, uh, the, the, the inefficiencies in the labor market, right? So it's, you know, if we had a perfect... Work matching system, we'd be able to find the ideal graphic designer or coder just from just from uh, you know uh, using the systems. But we're not in that position for different reasons. And I, I wrote an article, I think uh, publicly, as you know, and um, about five years ago, and it caused a lot, a lot of interest. And Don Tapscott wrote to me. He's um, a management guru who's written loads of brilliant books around this to write a paper about the impact of blockchain in HR. And he asked a lot of people in different industries to to apply it. And what it was was a critique of uh, internet business models in the airline industry and marketing. And I applied that critique to HR. And what it's all, all about isn't the jargon of web two, web three. Let's forget that. It's basically looking at how an industry uses data, how it uses intermediaries, how it incentivizes people. And that's the stuff that I'm really interested in. And blockchain can play a really uh, important part. And the the early use cases are things like um, having having a a CV or resume that um, that is verifiable. um, And it's it's verified on decentralized nodes, basically using blockchain technology. So there's more trust in it. Singapore are rolling out this kind of technology, which will change the way we, we recruit because it changes the way we use platforms. So that's very interesting. Uh, user owned platforms, so we have tokens to encourage people to use the p- platforms to build communities. And the entrepreneurial side is us five on the call, or maybe listeners could create a DAO, we could get tokens, we could we could create a network, we can share the equity when we become rich uh, with each other uh, and all the rest of it. Now that is really exciting. Um, and my, my my keynote tomorrow is around the end of jobs. But basically saying we need we need loads of revenue streams for people, not just job income. You know, um, we, we can get paid from clicking ads with a Brave Browser and get tokens and things like that. So we need multiple revenue streams, loads of ways of learning and more more efficient plumbing for the for the labour market. And there's my summary. How's that, Mrs. Lee?
1: she ain't got any of that mate um (laughs) bless my mark but you know not a single clue on that but that's fine I think you've laid out some really important terms that we need to 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 wrestle with and hopefully during the course of this conversation we'll we'll dig into it further um I do particularly like the idea of have diversifying the revenue streams that's actually a really like topical and also I think pretty much like a uh COVID accelerant scenario, hasn't it? Loads of people got made redundant. We suddenly became very aware that our vulnerability to having a single source of supply for, for revenue is not necessarily the best idea. And like everyone since then has been doing some sort of sideline, haven't they? So folks, are you, people watching this, have you got a sideline? Let me know um, in the comments below. I'd be interested to know whether you've experimented with something that is outside of your predominant revenue stream, that you think, you know what, maybe something can happen. Um, uh, let me know there. I'll be I'll, I'll be interested to know sort of what the general. Uh, sort of uh, appetite is for this. By the way, uh, recruiting brain food is entirely a sideline, and it's entirely that way. It emerged that w- from that scenario, so uh, it's totally doable. But um, but yeah, okay. Let's rewind back to what blockchain is. Um, Inesh, I wonder whether you could give this a stab. Uh, Andy's talking about yeah, you can do like you know definitely verify. It's more trustworthy, etc. Why is that the case? Why do I want to trust uh, uh, some data that's on a blockchain compared to? i don't know a relational database or something
3: yeah i think like um i think it all comes also down to scale um i think like a lot of the times uh what what we are like we have intermediaries that we trust uh that or somehow we need to trust to actually deal with others uh so what blockchain allows us to do is like to Cut the intermediaries and do relationships on a scale that before were very difficult to do or almost impossible. Um, so, for example, I think I'm going to give you a, a very interesting use case of something that I'm doing right now. It's like I'm one, one of the co-initiators of uh, Atina DAO. We are a, a group of women that are all around the world. Some of them, some of us we actually met in person, others we haven't. Um, but to decide to come together because we had this uh, uh, this idea, this purpose of in, the, in our case uh, um, invest and fund uh, women's health uh, research. Um, and what what basically what we are able to do with this uh, blockchain infrastructure is to actually collaborate uh, on chain uh, for in a, in a very transparency uh, transparency way and and do do it from all around the world. And I think that's actually something that is very different from whatever we, we could do before, of course, like. We, we have been, we had like international companies and big corporations for a long time. But now as uh, in, in individually, we can actually de- do this collaboration, very transparently in a very safe way. Um, and also, yeah, and do things that before were very hard to do.
1: And the key thing for me—and um, by the way, everyone feel free to uh, sort of interject at this point—the um, key thing for me seems to be this central, this, this notion of decentralization, isn't it? Because what we might understand as Web 2—and you know, forgive me, Andy, for using the, technolo- uh, the terminology—but Web 2 basically involves these huge sort of megacorps, the big tech companies that we talk about, Facebooks, Google, uh, uh, and, and what have you. They're centralized systems, um, so that we, when we interact with them, even when we're collaborating with people um in a in a kind of peer to peer way if we're using that system it's ultimately controlled by a centralized uh uh, uh, uh system and and they could do things to you they could blast you off for instance right we've seen a lot of uh, actually with cancel culture is a good example maybe a bad example because you know some people maybe deserve to be canceled but it is an example of of the authority that the centralized platform has where they can make the decision and they can make you go away um and you know Where is the rules on that? Where is the, it's not clear how that works. And it's certainly not clear how you might contest it. Uh, because it might might just be a disappear. And it's the same when you look at things like algorithmic bias on social media, for instance. Why am I getting this promotion uh, in in my feed and something else? How come I used to follow this person? I'm no longer seeming to follow them. (laughs) Like, what's going on? We don't actually know, right? Um, Because we have a centralized system. And one of the big value systems, that that one of the big values, I think, of Web3, again, apologies using the term, but is to say no one should have that power. Um, it should be in a decentralized, uh, distributed space so that the community as a whole, if they have a problem with it, maybe they vote for it in some way, or maybe they can collectively make that decision, but there isn't a hierarchy uh, for things to occur. So I think that's one of the things that really attracts people at a political level, doesn't it, um, which is important to talk about. So let's bring it to you, Fem. How important is the political side of it when you're interacting with candidates? Um, so, for instance, you're recruiting, uh, I guess, people who work on Web3. Um, that's the case because you've been working in these Web3 companies. Do, do you have political conversations with them? Is it important for them to, uh, like, how do you interact with them and how important is that side of things? It,
4: it kind of depends on what their background is, where they come from and and what they work on. I think um, the political side of things is something that comes natural when you speak about decentralization. Um, what I do notice a lot with my candidates is that a lot of these people, I kind of feel there's two streams. When um, in, in, in the earlier, you've got the early adapters that are you know they they are for decentralization on many many different levels in many different fields um there's also a stream of people that find the political part less interesting and that's more the people that see for instance blockchain decentralization one-on-one hand-in-hand with crypto which for them means money so there is this big buzzword around crypto and a lot of people who just dip in or step into the web 3 the blockchain world I've heard so many times, yeah, well, crypto and blockchain are kind of the same, right? Which is not the case. I I, I know this, this has been used a lot of times, but it's basically email and the internet. You know, because of the internet, you can use email. Because of blockchain, there's crypto. Um, and I think it depends on, 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 on how important that political... Aspect becomes is is where the kind of come from. Does that
1: make sense? I think I get what you're saying. I think there's a lot of people that basically are involved uh, initially on blockchain, attracted by the potential returns you can get from yeah. cryptocurrency. I think there's no question that's the case. It was the first application of blockchain was Bitcoin, um, and and uh, no question that's still in the. They feel like the um uh, uh the, the mindscape of anybody thinking about web3 is still or maybe blockchain is the terminology is still used uh, for people that are, are fix are fixated on crypto is that that's still the predominant use case um so I think there's a lot of people that still and obviously loads of news about crypto uh, cryptocurrency nfts yeah. and stuff like that a lot of it's driven through just this massive a- asset sort of uh increase um yeah. and and perhaps that's also the case when you're so, so the type of company that you're recruiting for um if it is for instance to do the currency then presumably that's where the motivator and a driver is um how very interesting how about anybody else any thoughts on on the political side of it I mean go on uh 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 Pedro go ahead
2: i'm just saving myself like i wanted to jump in right away uh sorry about that like so let's take a step back web 2 i was just checking on google web 2 the first reference appeared in 2004 so some people in this call will remember the web experience before that yes it was amazing you know jail sites all those things were great but it was lacking a lot of stuff so to uh, the web 2 is not a uh, people in web3 we don't think about web2 as an uh, an evil all right so in web3 is not here to substitute uh, web3 is not here to substitute web2 at all but I just wanted us to take that step and remember you know that web2 did uh, bring us you know html5 css3 and that brought in JavaScript you know some people hate it whatever but that brought our internet experience to a whole new level and this was even before mobile started picking it picking up so anyway just that as a side note and then I think it's very important for us to realize blockchain didn't appear from 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 out of nowhere right like uh, distributed systems I, I'm my background is computer science I was building them at uni like even before blockchain appeared the first paper so there was a um, um a development process that uh, ended up in in a blockchain appears what's new about blockchain and and fam you're totally right attracted a certain type of people is the crypto component like the economy layer um that is changing all our society in my opinion and that you know does attract a certain type of person um let's call it like Wall Street uh type of uh, individual mostly uh man uh, that um you know I'm 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 not one of them but that do create a certain type of culture around uh, crypto, and crypto does have uh, a lot of creative, a, uh, a lot of bad feelings and bad vibes around the space, around blockchain, because yeah, you know, for a long time the only utility that existed in 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 the blockchain space was trading, you know, that, that was it. it, was mostly speculation, um, and I think Web3 is kind of the the branding solution. Uh, also to give a second chance for people who hate crypto and rightfully so to say hey guys you know we actually this is a new thing webtree um and you can stop hating on us and there's a bunch of other things that you can do now like we andy and inez just said daos it's a very interesting uh thing that is happening in the past couple of years even a bit more maybe and um i think it's definitely going to change the future of work Verify, verified profiles, verified journeys, you know, LinkedIn as a Web3 team that my team is in contact with, their biggest problem is that people are doing background checks using LinkedIn data, okay? Because LinkedIn data is not verified at all. So if I wanna be a, a, a major hero on LinkedIn, I can be, that's it, I just need an email and that's and I'm good to go. So I just wanted to give this uh, this context and one more thing all of us in this call we are super privileged uh one why uh, I remember back in uh, April post COVID I went to my first conference in Barcelona for cello connect cello is one of the the blockchains that exists and uh cello has a, this massive sustainability drive right so most of the attendees were from Africa South America and for them crypto blockchain or Web3, whatever you we want to call it is a necessity like they do not trust their entities their money their their coin sucks uh, so they they need something else and the fact that it's decentralized it's the answer for them so I think it's uh very um important for us in this call to uh, do that exercise of you know for us it's almost like an opportunity but f- for for other people it's a need
1: Well, I think that's a really uh, well said, um, Pedro. So thank you for outlining that. Um, I I think it's inevitably political in in the sense that you've mentioned, um, because there are people have a huge vulnerability in terms of their values and their assets and what have you. I remember back in the great financial crisis, for instance, um, where, you know, I thought that was maybe one of the first big kind of surges in in bitcoin the value of bitcoin when you know the greek government kind of froze bank accounts and you know repossessed stuff and and things like that on the on you know uh, normal bank consumers and you thought you know what do you actually own this money that you work really hard to that they've already taxed that you put into a bank and you think is yours but actually no it isn't um so there was a, a it was a response really um to people buying into Bitcoin at that point. It It still is the case. It didn't surprise me when you know, the UK government decided to crash the pound a couple of uh, weeks ago um, that there was a mini bump um, on, the, on the price of crypto at that point. So I totally get what you're saying. Um, I think it's absolutely relevant. Um, Cherry, thank you for your question. We're going to get to that towards the end of the show. So if anybody ha- has any questions, by the way, use the ask a question feature at the bottom of the Crowdcast tab, or if you're on LinkedIn, just put it in the thread and we'll get to them at the bottom of it. All super relevant. Um, okay. Okay, let's move this to sort of application of uh, a blockchain into the world of work, things that we're most familiar with. And Andy, I think you mentioned it uh, in the first instance about the idea that perhaps you can just get more verified information um, uh, uh, we, as opposed to something that's completely unverified, which is CV or resume. Um, like we all know uh, when we just stop and think about it, how kind of uh, weak um, the data is on a self reported resume. Right, or even a LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn is slightly better because you, you may be publicly challenged by other people, or they may kind of reject, uh, you know, some of your commentary or what, what have you. But a document that you've created on your on yourself and you just sent randomly—that's completely unverified. Yet yeah, we accept that as the first thing. Now, how does so how does something on blockchain? Why is that better than a uh, a CV? Any thoughts on this, Andy? Go to you.
0: Yes. Yeah, so currently, you mentioned LinkedIn. Uh, which we all use in the recruitment community of course every day Um, we provide our data with our career summary on linkedin Uh, linkedin owned by microsoft then uh, aggregates that data and sells it to recruiters and salespeople. so that's the centralized internet business model that so many businesses operate on the decentralized version of that is i have a cv it has things like courses i've done employment history which can be verified on a decentralized network. A little green tick to say that I've done that. Um, and then I can choose to share that information on a work matching platform. So the employer has some trust that this is true. All, now as recruiters, you know that there are hundreds and thousands of potential data points for predicting whether uh, someone is gonna be a good recruit. It's not just my employment history or courses I've done. There's more more, uh, more data is needed. But for the verifiable stuff, we can actually do a lot, a lot of a a much better job on that. And so I mentioned in the comments about um, the Velocity Foundation, I think every recruiter should know all about what's happening here in the industry. So um, can I t- do? I- can I just mention that a bit Al, about the Velocity Foundation, or well, you just have? So, so go ahead. <laughs> go, 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 ahead, mate. <laughs> well, to tell, I mean, it's, it's the, the, it includes people like you know um, the big uh, HR tech players, the big uh, you know the Cornferries, uh, Randstats, that, that those kind of players, and they've they're, they're agreeing standards to use for employment uh, verification checks. And each of those companies has teams working on, on using this. Um, it's gone live. It has a mainnet. It's gone live. And, and these, these are the kind of standards that are going to be developed in the industry um, for this. Um, and their, their members include a billion workers. So um, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting to keep a watch on this as a solution. But that changes the game. That, that means that the, the matching networks become more efficient and it changes the role of recruitment. It changes how we hire into organisations too. Over 10 and 20 years. This is the, a new version of internet business models. It will take time. Yeah, so f-
1: f- feel free to share the link into the chat stream, Andy. I think people would like to see it. Yeah, I did, um, I did, actually. Did you really? Okay, excellent. Um, so I'm still um, not clear on why it's better, though, because, yes, it's verified. But isn't what's the difference between, you know, having some industry body saying, yes, we verify, like, we give certificates out all the time, don't we? Um, to say, uh, that's what a university degree is. It's like, here, here's his verification that you've gone through this system. So why is something on-chain more trustworthy than something off-chain? Anybody? I
4: kind of feel it's because nobody can change it. So when it's there, it's there. Um, and basically, you can only change some and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not an absolute deep specialist. But once it's there, the only time you can 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 completely change it, you can't pull it out, you can't change it. So then you will have to have the whole community say, Hey, this is wrong, but that won't happen. So it will always be there. Nobody else can hack into it. Nobody else can take your information and copy it. Like for instance, I get CVs where because of, you know, Web3, the the blockchain world is still relatively small. If you look at candidate pools and there are CVs. when I put them next to each other, I'm like, I've seen this before. And you see that people tend to borrow from others' experience, for instance, from LinkedIn or from, you know to up their chances to get into web 3 get into crypto whereas in the blockchain if it's if it's there it's there and it's yeah. your your proof your key
1: your I think here's where we need to just explain a little bit on the technical side why this is. Um, so um, as I understand blockchains, so I'll give this a, 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 a grab. So anybody listening to this who thinks I'm an idiot, um, please do uh, literally heckle me on the, on the comments. I don't mind you doing that. So the reason why it's called a blockchain is basically because in order to write to the system, you you need to have everyone else accept your commit to that before the, it, it actually adds to um, the uh, the record of, 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 uh, 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 in, in the database. So unlike having, uh, let's imagine we're all sharing a spreadsheet, for instance. Um, for me, in order to make an entry into that spreadsheet, every other person with access to that spreadsheet needs to confirm my entry is valid. Otherwise, it is not accepted. Um, once it is accepted, it exists as a permanent record on everyone else's copy of that spreadsheet. And the next person that wants to try and add another row, I then have to have have the ability to verify that, and that is basically how it works as a, as a blockchain. Correct if I'm wrong, by the way. Um, now, if that's the case, it means that the data actually gets better and better as more people add to it because it gets the, the 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 verification gets stronger and stronger, given the fact more and more people are actually verifying it. Um, and that, is, I I think what we're talking about in terms of having a system of trust, because it means that the information there is at least validated by everyone else who is, is sharing in that system. Um, this is part of the reason why blockchain is slow, by the way, and part of the reason why cryptocurrency, um, particularly Bitcoin, is like hugely energy intensive, because the bigger the chain gets, the more energy, the more compute is required um, to add more blocks to it. Um, which is why there's all kinds of issues on 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 the you know green tech side as well. But anyway, that's my understanding of how it works. So, essentially, what you're saying, guys, is that there is a, a CV version of this. Um, there's a way in which this can be done to ver- to verify um, someone's work experience, and that therefore is more trustworthy than someone just writing up a document uh, in there. And in then it's bit. the
0: follow up to that, honk. So then, what that enables is much bigger, elaborate effective work matching systems and, and from there we, we get into the decentralized version of Upwork, Fiverr uh, in, in this kind of market. Um, so, so we're going to see more powerful um, uh, platforms for work matching, it, it enables this and then the next question is how does that change organizations and the firm which is very interesting but that's going into the future many many years.
1: Also going into the past, you know, I'm a big fan of Ronald Coase, man. Um, And he wrote about the nature of the firm in the 1930s. And his big question was, why is there such a thing as a firm why are we not just a network of independent freelancers getting value from the market without having to basically get a small percentage of the value by this huge organization, which basically passes out small percentage of it in in terms of a salary. And he's got a really good explanation as to why that is the case. I'd recommend everyone check out Ronald Coase, generally as an economist. Um, He's got some really interesting things to say, and he would love Seeing a uh, blockchain, by the way. he'd love to see a technology of this type, because I think if he wants a well, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, we can't, re- can't can't resurrect the guy, uh, at least not yet. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, uh, it, it would be it was someone that I think we should all study because the, he talks about the nature of the firm, and I think uh, some of his uh, analyses uh, might actually be coming to pass with the implementation. They yeah, are,
0: and uh, it, it's you know it was a big uh, a big input into my paper for ex- for example. But the implications of this is the firm gets really small because searching, contracting, and coordinating costs. Have reduced down to zilch using these platforms and automation which means the firm is really small it can just pull from a a liquid workforce when it needs it with digital smart contracts incentivization payments all that kind of stuff so that is profound
1: that note by the way is super interesting because if you think about what we do in recruiting folks we're trying to actually manually carry that information backwards and forwards to the market from the market to the company um one uh, one person at a time is the person available is the person interested is the person capable like we're literally doing that on the phone or on independent zooms or whatever like millions of recruiters worldwide that's that's what we're doing um uh, so instead of this what we're trying to say is you know what we could potentially systematize it all Um, and be able to not just predict, but the blockchain will tell us whether the person's available and interested in... in, Yeah, and 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 let's throw in
0: some AI into these models too, to say, you know, of these thousands of factors that could be used to predict who a good recruit will be in a particular team, in a particular context, let's do that thousands of times and get better data Mm -hmm. and better prediction models too. Blockchain doesn't work in isolation from other technologies.
1: Yeah, one of my criticisms of blockchain. Sorry, in about to say something? Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I was going to say that I think this is completely like, like life changing for like recruiters and for companies, also for for people that are all around the world that want to work and have want to have access to these opportunities, and suddenly the like the job market is open to them. I think like. Uh, part of the promise of web two was like okay no matter where you are you can actually build your company and work from all around the world but I think now with, with web 3 is actually that becomes uh, much I think much easier on one hand and and there is like clear a uh, clear path to contribution that before was a little bit uh, less transparent so I think it's actually very important to also emphasize that, suddenly no matter where you are with a good internet connection and with some skills, you can really access opportunities that before you didn't even know that they were available. And I think that's, I think going back to what Pedro was mentioning of the fact that, uh, I think decentralized finance is definitely a, an amazing use case for people that are in countries that with like, with institutions that cannot be trusted with, with uh, a currency that's, that's not uh, good or stable, but is also uh I think decentralized jobs like the, the fact that you can work for for companies organizations around the world I think definitely opens opens up a world of possibilities that before didn't exist and I think that's very very exciting
1: let's talk about one of those opportunities Pedro let's go to you um we've obviously known each other uh, for a long time I mean, you worked previously web two type era products um and which it's a great success but now you've launched what looks like a web three sort of product. Uh, this is a direct application of the technology to human labor. Uh, uh, so tell us a little bit about that. How, what is the concept behind TP? Um, how does it fit in with the, the world that we've just uh, kind of tried to sketch out here?
2: Yeah, I mean, t- tough question by the way, because uh, I'll try not to uh, bring uh, a complex answer to that one. Um Just before, if you you allow me, I just want to comment on a couple of things. I took some notes before uh, on the green tech part of things. So Bitcoin is probably the only chain left that is uh, not uh, uh, eco-friendly. Ethereum, the the second biggest, uh, just made a huge change, and it is right now. So that argument is less and less of an argument, right? And there's one other thing we haven't talked about here, but It's almost like the the way you build things on Ethereum is through smart contracts and Solidity, um, which basically essentially is what you tell about immutability. So, essentially, imagine having that contract on chain. I was recently in a lawyer's conference, yeah, lawyer's conference, uh, and uh, this is going to change the way they work as well. Okay, so it's not only about HR, it's about and every industry so going back to to your question sorry about that i just took some notes and i wanted to to mention something on, on those two things um about talent protocol look when we first started and you have to realize the way we built talent protocol is uh, first of all is open source and we've built it with with our community together with them uh some of you are a part of it and the young and uh, as your suspicious uh, folks uh in in the audience and and we've been building it together when we first started we were building essentially uh, a DAP, which is a decentralized app uh, for investing into talent that was it even the the word investing is not the, the 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 verb investing is not the right one because the way that people invest in each other on ten, talent protocol is by staking on each other so in, in essence it's almost like doing a recommendation or a vouch on LinkedIn but it's on chain and it's putting your money where your mouth is um so having real skin in the game and building this career circles and uh social professional graphs where you can see the strengths of connections between people and all on chain so you can see like where this is going in terms of HR if you don't I think it's pretty obvious that uh for recruiter it's very interesting to see who connects with who and who's integrated who's who's um um, invested in, in 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 other people so that's the way we started um we've been learning uh, a lot so, so we started uh, a bit over one year ago we recently made an acquisition of of another uh company that's how fast things are in in web3 compared to building a startup in web 2 the speed it's almost like speed of light uh in in web3 um and essentially nowadays we we are like we have that component of you know creating career circles uh and people to do that they they need to launch their tokens and people can can stake on them that's where the smart contracts come in uh but we are raising the bar let's put it like that we're creating essentially a talent ecosystem you can have your own immutable cv we call it a web tree home page whatever you want to call it so all your contributions are in there your journey is verified and this you know facilitates uh, the life for any recruiter like any recruiter would want to look at real data real verified data so that's one thing but also all these connections together um I think it just creates uh I don't want to compare to to LinkedIn or polywork but it creates a new wave of this sort of platforms but in a decentralized manner so that's what we are trying um to achieve here again it's super early days for web 3 in general for us in particular like I would say if we had to compare it to web 2 we are in 2004 2005 of web 3 so we have no clue everyone in this call has no clue what's going to happen uh, in the next three four years maybe Andy's the the no, the most that's, that's futuristic part Lee guy
1: Candiotti there in the comments who's like just firing away all of these like amazing sort of notes Lee I had no idea you were like a web 3 guru why did you not say I would have brought you in on the call. <laughs> Um, you can i pop, mean you can pull everyone, i've tried lee doesn't want to come on <laughs> I mean, he's like resistant, come on lee which I, I totally get it as well but uh follow lee can the other he seems to know what he's talking about here that's really interesting two things that's actually just to, to connect it to the audience that might be familiar to it if you can track contributions that's actually very similar to for instance to how you might look at a developer's github profile for instance um which is an example of you know a non-cv related way of, of verifying what this person is doing because they're contributing to open source stuff um you can kind of see whether the the, the sort of how active they are whether these contributions have been accepted etc etc it is a record of work Um, and generally speaking what we're trying to say with web3 is that that should apply to almost anybody irrespective of the type of work that they're doing Um, it should basically be trackable for their contributions so you can actually tell for real what's going on rather than accept their word for a minute because they're a great interviewer, or you know, they, 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 they've got some other way to persuade you. Um, and the second element um, seems to be this degree of strength, or quality of connections, uh, which you can verify by whether people are actually staking, um, uh, putting a stake towards certain types of people. Um, I think LinkedIn is a good example of how the, the LinkedIn data is a little bit weaker because we can tr- we can do a network graph of LinkedIn but it can't tell you the quality of the the relationship uh, between different connections. Like I'm connected to 30,000 people on LinkedIn. Um, The quality of those connections is hugely variable, right? At least 29,500 of them, I have no clue who they are. Um, So so the quality of that connection is quite weak. Whereas a couple of them, I do know who they are, and the quality is stronger. But LinkedIn can't tell you that information. So maybe there's there's other ways in which we can kind of see this happen. Uh, folks, we've, we've lost Andy for a moment, which is actually a perfect time um, for us to do what we always do on this show. We're talking about connections, um, and it is very important that everyone is, I think, very connected with other people um, that are interested in this topic. Brain Food Live is a conversation starter. It never should be a conversation stopper. We have to come off air in about 15 minutes or so. Um, so um, it, it, we shouldn't be in a situation where basically the conversation ends when we're off air. So why don't everybody take a moment, take your LinkedIn profile, that's all we've got right now. <laughs> take your LinkedIn profile and share it in the comments stream, in the chat stream there. If you're watching on LinkedIn, share it in the, in the comments thread, and then just connect to everybody who is, who's also there. Um, and then hopefully by the time you walk away from this call, you might have half a dozen more people that you can talk to about blockchain web three and the future of work. Um, that hopefully is a better, uh, sort of a decent outcome for everybody. Um, other than just letting, uh, this conversation slide away. Um, okay. I'm gonna try and get Andy back. Um, he may just have a, an issue here, remove, bring him back on screen. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing your thing. Uh, by the way, like I say, I would uh, uh, otherwise share my LinkedIn, but um, I can't actually accept any more connections. I'm afraid to say.
2: That's stupid. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, it's totally. You're opposite. talking about Web three, right? You should own your profile. Why is it capped at whatever number of connections? Doesn't make any sense.
1: from from an engineering point of view it doesn't make any sense either like why thirty thousand? like but who who made that decision did you make that decision nobody knows it's like i mean you could make that decision if it was your decision to make yeah yeah yeah. um but it isn't unfortunately that's right and you know what The, the perverse thing is it makes you into a really like terrible person um because you then have to delete people right um and and like that's that's horrible <laughs> it's like i'm, I'm yeah. like doing a filter saying all right who, do, who don't i like i think collins let's get rid of all collins all right, get rid yeah, of them. But that's uh, okay. and that's like okay they're gone and then you have to move to the next name it's really quite a negative thing yeah um anyway all right cool i think we have lost andy but that's that's uh not a major issue well hopefully it, it, he can come back um just check your um your, your invite let's talk about smart contracts very quickly before we uh, talk about DAOs uh, smart contracts what is that and why is it better than a non-smart contract any thoughts
2: I mean it's it's not a big of a deal like solidity is very close to JavaScript you know it's just um uh, um the the biggest difference in taking a step back here in it maybe maybe you can can help me out here but when when Bitcoin appeared it, it has basically um I wouldn't see uh, Bitcoin as a, a, a money more like um a substitute of gold or gold for crypto something like that um and it's very limited in the utility that it can do there's been some uh, recent progress on on Bitcoin um that there's going to be more utility around it but the speed of of development around Bitcoin is really really slow so um, Ethereum appeared in 17 or 16, 17, I believe. Um, well, they had been working on it before that, and uh, they did bring a lot of utility um, into into the blockchain. You can build other things than just you know uh, crypto, you know cryptocurrency. And so the way to do it was through this um, uh, Solidity and smart contracts. That's pretty much it. Smart contract is a, a file uh, called .sol, S-O-L. Uh, and uh, smart contracts can interact with each other. And uh, once is on-chain, that's it. It's on-chain. There's some uh, smart contracts that can evolve as well. So the, you can make changes. But we're talking about distributed systems. When you want to make a change to a distributed system it takes some time to distribute in the system um so that's pretty much it i, I hopefully i haven't oversimplified it or no or, you just made it more said...
1: complicated man um so, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, so but from what I understand, basically it's a program programmable contract, right? So most of us have the, the kind of non- programmable contract. It's literally words on text that we have to physically sign often. Um, once you've signed that, uh, if people want to activate their contract, someone's got to, to interpret it um, and then do something with it. Whereas a smart contract actually is a program um, uh, that is ex- going to execute yeah. a number of things. Yeah. And if, you know, someone breaches it or whatever, it will be automatically something. Yeah, like,
2: it sucks right? a lot. Like I, we at Talent we spent considerable amount of money uh, in security. That's a big difference for um, uh, a web two startup like we do spend a lot of money on security maybe uh, web two startups back in 2004 and five they were doing that I don't know uh but uh but yeah that, that's why right. once he's on chain it's harder to to change it by the sheer concept of it but at the same time you know it, it facilitates a lot of things so for instance payroll okay so um that's a, a pretty obvious uh um uh, evolution of of uh, where crypto is gonna make a, a difference right big difference um automatizing it making it smart now i fam regarding your comment yeah there's the, the risk that they are rigorous but that's the the default scenario you can you can have like um uh, upgradable uh, smart contracts okay so and that can be predicted as well um but yeah it's programmed um and in two essence, yeah. that would be better, but I can see some ways that it's not.
4: No, maybe a little bit of background, because this is something that really interests me from the HR and people ops perspective. Like for instance, this, this is how I see the smart contract. Let's put it into a, a tenant. You know, um, you're the landlord, I'm the tenant. We have a smart contract. I pay my rent on the first of the month. Once the rent is 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 in smart contract, said here's your door code. You can enter your house. If let's say let's say COVID. And you know, I get paid later or I'm not in time. Normally I go to my tenant or to my landlord and say, hey, listen, these are the circumstances. Can I pay a bit later? Landlord said yes, all fine. With a smart contract, if I don't pay on that first of the month, I cannot enter my house. And this is, I see a lot of pluses in smart contracting and everything around it for HR. But if I now look at know a employment contract there there can be you have a lot of if this then that that's basically contract. if then agreement consequence but then the human aspect and everything you know that life that happens around it how do you see that you know with smart contracting hr people operations What, what is your take on that because it's
0: it's not that I, thing. Think, I think I think we need majority. to we need to move into a world where there's this kind of um, where most people are working as uh, freelancers in a gig economy rather than in jobs so the job is deconstructed into different tasks any of our jobs can be destruct, deconstructed into different tasks and you know sometimes it's better that uh, this group does it than 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 this group for groups of tasks in that context the digital smart contracts are really useful you know with small smaller tasks with really difficult creative ones, we'll never use smart contracts, right? So it depends on on the task, but you've got to move forward a couple of steps into this world where there's less permanent salaried employees and smaller organizations. And I think that's more helpful for understanding the impact of Web3.
1: On that note, though, just to just to I want to move on to DAOs real quick. Um, but I think Fem has made a really interesting point as to how smart a smart contract might be. It's smart in the sense it doesn't require human interaction; it will automatically do it. But can you actually program every single event scenario into it so that it covers all the bases? The answer's no. Um, so there's going to be scenarios where that's going to not work out based on an unstable world, for instance. Um, so one of the problems we have with automation generally um, is that it's trying to do so it, 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 automation is fantastic for efficiency um, when the external environment is predictable. Um, but where the external environment is unpredictable that's when automation can be potentially dangerous. Um, so I think it's, it's it's a lesson for us to say that look all technology comes with pros and cons. Um, and uh, as as Pedro mentioned at the beginning, we're kind of you know fumbling our way forward um, as we should do, but we you know we don't have all the solutions straight away. Um, let's move on to Dow real quick. So we're running really short on time. Um, what is a DAO? Um, what, can you give us some examples of what, what this is and why is it important? Um, let's go to you Anish, you've already introduced Athena Dow for us. So, uh, explain to us the, the technical bits as to why this is and, and how, how does it work as a, as a joint ownership and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, basically it has to do a lot with we have what we have been talking. So DAO is decentralized autonomous autonomous organization. Um uh the decentralization and autonomous part uh it's uh, it's allowed by smart contracts. So we have like more like the more technical side where smart contracts allow um, People to come together uh, with a purpose, and then this, this is, this is, make decisions, and then of course um, uh, develop like smart contracts, and also the the vaulting part, the governance part, for example, where decisions are made by the members that usually hold the the token. Um, there's like smart co- uh, like sorry, there is like DAOs that like Uniswap that like quite big, or there is like DAOs much more like a Tina DAO where. In our case, we are an investment DAO. So basically, DAOs are organizations that usually come together around a, pur- a purpose. They have a token, uh, and that token is sold uh, uh, to 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 members or given to members, uh, and then decision making is is done based on that uh, on that token. We are what we are seeing right now is like a number of like DAOs uh, with different purposes uh, being created. I think we are still in the zero point zero one. Uh, moment of DAOs, we still have a long way to go before we really understand like how can we make more e- them more efficient, how can we really scale uh, their impact. But I think like we have seen some promising um, or like DAOs being created with some real world impact.
1: You know, I can see certainly DAOs being um, almost like hybrid organizations that will have a DAO element to it. Um, but it might also have influence from other other spaces. I remember speaking. Um, I was in Berlin a couple of years, a couple of months ago. I was actually this uh, year, this year, um, and I encountered a recruitment organisation that had basically their recruiters operating um, in a uh, or decentralised. Autonomous, acephalous, if you like, organization, um, and they were rewarded based on the act- their activities. Uh, which is okay. Are you speaking to candidates? Yes. Are you, you know, getting this type of uh, um, uh, a response back from candidate ratings? Are you qualifying them? Are you putting them through process, etc.? They weren't employees of the organization, but they are all stakeholders of the DAO, um, and they were hence then rewarded um, from um, from from doing those activities. Um, because the overall organization recognise, recognized. Look, if we speak to enough candidates, they would hire them for tech. Through speaking enough candidates and bringing them into process overall it means that they're going to be delivering um, uh, very good candidates to their end customers. But the end customers as I understand they were still being built as a normal as, as a normal recruitment agency. Um, so the end result still of reco- so was it was at the end a placement fee which I thought was amazing because there needs to be a join between web 2 and web 3 or web 2 and even web one or, or web 3 and even zero web. Because there's companies out there that might require services that might be serviced by Web3 type organizations. How do you do that? There needs to be some organization that's prepared uh, to basically drop back into the past. Anyway, really interesting organization. Let me dig who dig out who that is, um, and I'll share with you. I mean, there that, is that there is way.
3: one. Uh, sorry, there is one called Brain Trust. Uh, Brain Trust is a, mar- a talent marketplace, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think they do a very interesting bridge between Web2 and Web3, where they not only like they not only want you as talent to get access to jobs but also share uh, on the the success of the of the of the platform so um i think like it's actually a very good example uh of what we are talking about because like they really basically they create incentives for you to bring more talent for you to do uh but they also like yeah bring more talent but also to do some parts of the jobs uh like being an ambassador um uh, basically um for example check the references of all, all, all other talent in the platform. So I think that's a good example of what you are mentioning.
1: Yeah, can you share the link into yeah, the so. chat stream, Inish? That would be really interesting. Um, I, You know what, do you think BrainFood should be a DAO, folks? What do you reckon? um uh you know let's just distribute this out uh yes. I, I wanna i want to release myself from the pain of of, of carrying this thing around um uh, you know just like uh, get everyone involved reward them for activities people who are promoting you know why are you not rewarded for that if you're writing great stuff let get published that's amazing you should get rewarded for this um you know that would be a really cool thing because one of the things I've struggled with is trying to figure out how to reward all these amazing supporters that of 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 brain food that I can't really track I can't attribute I can't I don't know half the time like a lot lots of lots of people recommend say the newsletter or the podcast or whatnot but they do it in a way that I can't see um and, and I just think that's a shame because they've really helped um, but it's not visible to me, so I can't I can't actually do anything about it. So so yeah, maybe that's that's the future for us. Who knows? Okay, let's go to questions real quick because we need to answer these. Um, Cherry, thank you for saying that we've answered it already. That's great. Uh, let's go to the first one. This is Sylvia. Sylvia is saying, what do you think about the implications of blockchain integrate with talent intelligence? Uh, sort of promote skill based decisions, uh, not based on CV. So I. Uh, Talent intelligence, are we familiar with the term? It's basically trying to kind of understand the, the sort of distribution of skills geographically and also, I guess, you know, uh, moving away from credentialism and more through capability. Um, anyone uh, want to answer this? Fem, do you want to give this a shot?
4: Yeah, absolutely, because it really resonates with what I did when I first entered the blockchain Web3. Well, world. what I've learned here is that... Even if you look at Vitalik, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, the kid was 18 or 19, dropped out of school, had little to no credentials that we could follow up, but he wrote code, which you can look at. Um, I can, you know, even with checking credentials, I can have this amount of experience. But if you look at blockchain, crypto, Web3, it's your way of thinking. I think it opens up the world to new skills, not necessarily to your standard education, standard word experience. And when work comes decentralized, you know, you you will be doing a bit here and a bit there and a bit there. So how, how I personally feel and I'm doing that already trying to step away from CVs as much as I can, have the interaction, the conversation and look at what people do. When it, when it comes to marketing, look at what they write. When it comes to engineering, well, not me personally, but look at the code that they write. You know, See what people do instead of what people say they've done
1: yeah and i guess the the broad kind of view of it is if if the work that they've done is on chain then that's already pre-verified so to speak so so that that's where that trust layer goes up um uh, okay Lee saying okay how to surf in 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 nazare i think it's okay isn't it i mean it's the biggest waves in the world i'm, I'm not i'm not sure i haven't been there mate i have no clue um uh, let's go to the next question um thank you lee um and uh, we go to camille camille saying okay isn't this going to discriminate the candidates and less access to technology um that's a legitimate point isn't it i mean one of the things about basic cvs and stuff like this like people most people have the ability to produce that um how many people can actually get on chain um i mean broad numbers like how do i how how many people are on chain right now maybe or do something blockchain five million maybe something Uh, like that globally
2: it's not an issue because you know we we just talked uh, well it's an issue but it's not that huge of an issue uh, a lot of people in uh less privileged uh, regions they use mobile and they use crypto crypto is more native for them than it is for any of us in here so in in a way it's actually more discriminate for for people like us that we we're not crypto native and for us it's only an opportunity not a need so actually it's good that we, we're using more, more Web3 tech? You know?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good answer. I, I think because a, a blockchain generally in Web3 is a fairly new kind of emergent set of ideas um, and technology, so to speak. It, it kind mm-hmm. of has a sense that it's like more distant. It's, it's harder for people to access. Um, but in fact, we shouldn't forget that accessibility on existing recruitment systems and processes is also very constrained for instance you look at cvs that's an academic document um you know to produce that cv you require someone who's basically it's optimized for someone who's been a university, is literate, has access to a keyboard, can type properly, all those types of things. Um, and we don't kind of factor that in uh, to, uh, to to the way we work. So the argument here, Camille, is that we probably have never been particularly accessible. Um, uh, so maybe um, a blockchain or
0: Web3 can equalize all of that.
1: Um, People anyway, won't folks, know
0: they're using blockchain. They're just using an app, you know, like yeah, now. They, they don't, don't know yeah. how Uber works, do they? No one, No one understands all the tech apart from Petro. Um, but you know they won't know blockchain blockchains behind the app, so. Well, that
1: is that is the next stage. It's like, how do you kind of distribute it in such a way that it's accessible to most people? And and there's still barriers to entry there. Um, You know, anybody who's been dealing with any kind of um, it's still it's still sort of the edge of people who are involved in blockchain is definitely not mainstream. And it's definitely people that are more tech centric. Uh, So the big challenge here is how do we uh, burst out of that sort of segment to make sure, um, you know, my mom can get involved in it. Um, It's not impossible, right? My mom watches YouTube. Um, I wouldn't have thought that would be possible 10 years ago, but she does that now. So at some point, this will happen. Anyway, we are out of time, folks. So we do have to be back at the conference. So thank you very much for watching all of us. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I want to thank our guest Inesh. Thank you very much for joining us. Pedro, thanks for joining us also. Fem, great to see you and meet you. Um, And Andy, uh, great to see you also. Uh, Whoever's going to the conference, I'll see you there later. Um, Everybody else, if you've enjoyed this show, make sure you follow the channel uh we do this every friday next week we're going to be talking about discord how do you source and recruit on discord we have no idea well some people do they're going to come in and help us talk about it um so make sure you register for that show okay that's about it hope you've enjoyed it see you later wasn't that great everybody i think it was All right. I'm out of here. See you next week, folks.